You're listening to Super Power Up with multidimensional master, superpower expert, and former counterintelligence agent, Tonya Don Reckla. If you're ready to disrupt reality, then sit down, strap in, and prepare to experience the show that proves there is no spoon. Hello, everyone. This is Tonya Don Reckla, your superpower expert. And today's episode of Disrupt Reality is the second portion of a discussion we're having all around the inarguable solution for global recovery. It started with the um, portion called We Did This. And that's also an audio format as well as you can find these articles at superpowerexperts.com. Go to the articles tab there. This one is Agents of Change Assemble. The time is now and this is what we train for. This is for all the light workers, teachers, trainers, pastors, healers, counselors, coaches, and transformationalists. If that's you, read on. For those of you who got lost back at Lightworker and want to be sure you're not falling for some sneaky wine-flavored Kool-Aid ploy, keep seeking. This journey is full of twists and turns, and perhaps taking up the mantle as a fully identified agent of change hasn't landed in you yet. It will. Stay the course and guidance becomes clearer. For the rest of you, we have work to do. Work the light. It seems that quite often the work component of light work gets overlooked, perhaps because that work takes us into spaces we prefer not to experience anymore. And we can acknowledge, those of us attuned to such things, that we tend to prefer our high vibe connections and environments and resist voluntarily exposing ourselves to the people who could most use our support. In fact, most of us expend a great deal of energy creating sacred spaces, sanctuaries, and the like where we experience deep, seamless fluidity with spirit. However, those portals of peace and love must now be reserved for refueling and resting only. There is a single primary function of those of those who step up and say, me, when God asks, whom shall I send? Or those who take up the mantle of guiding mass consciousness into higher frequencies. The primary function is to go where we're sent. And right now, the call to move in a big way resounds, loud and clear, for those with ears to hear. But this requires we take all of this insight, wisdom, learning, training, experience, guidance, and clarity of purpose out into the world now. So what does that mean, Tonya? How am I supposed to do that? Well, it depends. We all have our spaces, our experiences, our access, our clearance, our superpowers. See where this is going? Ultimately, the how of it is between you and God and varies greatly by individual. But what we can address generally is that a single thread weaves through all of us and we bear the obligation of going to that thread first in all things. Call it light, call it love, call it truth, call it intuition, call it connection, call it Christ, call it oneness, call it spirit, call it energy, call it God, but call on it in all things, in all ways, no matter what. And then we're obligated to share it, to spread the light, to encounter every interaction with the sole purpose of light working, which means actually working. It means being intentional about your purpose within all situation, all situations and not just coming from love in the situations that are easy. It means coming from love in all situations, no matter what. But Tonya, what if the other person isn't coming from love? Surely you don't expect me to just take it and let them abuse me with their lower frequency vibes or lack of faith without speaking my mind. Well, it's really not about what I expect. It's about what the marching orders say for our ilk. How can we encourage others to take the high road or recreate their existence from love or pray harder for guidance or operate in higher frequencies when we selectively choose when to embody love and when to perpetuate fear? Because let's face it, folks, those are the only two options. In every moment when you don't intentionally choose to come from love, every misstep you take fueled by your own insecurities 
tells someone, tells the world that you don't really believe what you're sharing. And when we agree to consciously hold the light and set ourselves up as ones to follow toward that end, then vomit our insecurities and subject others to less than light-esque ways, it solidifies their conviction that stepping out on faith is both scary and ineffective. Those of us who walk in the light are obligated to be incredibly intentional about how we walk in the world. And when we misstep, we lean into each other for accountability, support, atonement, and attunement, then we get back on mission. Now is time and we're needed. Work the light. Speak higher truth. As we recommit to our vows of light worthiness, we inevitably butt up against the intensity of opposition. Part of the reason for the reinvigorated commitment is we're going to need it. In a world that uplifts divisiveness and applauds barbed tongue social lashings, shining brightly doesn't always feel safe. But that's the calling, folks. And with it comes the responsibility of holding your tongue when the human you are wants to jump into the verbal frenzy. Waiting for spirit, or at least some form of higher awareness or politeness, to inform the situation so you can speak something into it that helps and heals instead of, instead of further tearing at wounds becomes a forgotten oath in the face of such chaos. But please, please, please remember that if people speak ugly, they feel ugly. If they speak fear, they feel fear. If they speak violence, they, they feel violence. Instead of reacting to behaviors, let's look beneath the surface and see the people embattled within. But what if I wait for guidance and it seems to be telling me not to speak my mind? That can't be right, can it? I'm supposed to speak my truth, aren't I? Well, it depends. Some of us feel like we're called on to speak truth, but this is very different instruction than speaking our truth. Truth with a capital T only becomes our truth when we surrender into the experience of total communion with the divine. Thus, our wants, needs, and desires fade away, and our very thoughts, feelings, and urges become infused with light and align with our inspired guidance forward. But what about all the fake news and misinformation? We have a responsibility to tell people. People have a right to know. They know. Trust us. They know. Everyone knows. Everyone is very, very aware right now. To the extent that people are able to be aware, they are. And they are very, very raw because of it. Perhaps you feel like you've always known, but remember back to when you didn't. Remember when it felt like what it felt like before you unplugged from the matrix or awakened or experienced an NDE or got baptized or opened your third eye or heard the voice for God the first time. However it happened for you, surely you can remember the raw phase. This is when we extend grace. It is not when we further attack. Pushing your agenda right now is a really, really bad idea. Let the dust settle for a moment so we can see what we're actually working with. Okay, okay, Tonya, fine, we get it. Now, how do we make sure we're speaking truth and not just our truth? One of the easiest ways to filter out the noise and sense the path is to maintain connection in all things. Cling to the thread from the previous section and don't let go. Expand from there and only interpret from there. Another great filter for the thinkers is to weigh it against whether or not it gets us where we want to go. If we, can, if we can all envision a heaven on earth scenario or high vibrational living or peace on earth, whatever the visual is, then before speaking, imagine the thought or opinion in question existing in that new world. Is it harmonious or discordant? If it doesn't get us where we want to go, let's stop speaking it into existence. It's kind of difficult to get where to get somewhere if we keep insisting it doesn't exist. Now is time for global healing and we're needed. Speak higher truth. See it, don't feed it. 
These times of intense transition require that we remain diligent and in awareness of what we surround ourselves with and what we perpetuate. We can't do that if we decide to stay isolated on our mountaintops or bury our heads in the sand. But simply because we open our eyes and look around doesn't mean that we're supposed to share everything we see. When we pursue awareness, we cannot sacrifice the first two mandates, work the light and speak higher truth. We cannot perpetuate information unless it meets these criteria. Is this the right message? Is this the right time? Is this the right audience? And is this the right forum? And the most important criteria that trumps all of them, am I the right messenger? To determine responses to the criteria questions, go back to the inquiry about what sort of world it creates. If you want to bring awareness to an atrocity, do you have a solution? Do you have clear guidance for how to move people forward from this place you just identified as terrible? If not, keep quiet until you do, or find a small group of others to workshop solutions. Don't broadcast your fears, you try to figure it out. And yes, we, the light workers, are notorious for broadcasting fear in the name of enlightenment. Our social feeds can be used at higher frequencies if we choose. We can do better. But Tonya, if I don't share it, people might not know. They know or they can't know right now. It's all very present and available for the world to see. Folks, allow your awareness to be enough until you have clear guidance about how, where, and when to take action. For, for those of us who connect through prayer, meditation, or beingness, we're obligated to take our fears there. We all have superpowers and we're all very powerful people. We have no excuses for feeding the fear threads that currently pervade our very existence. And if you can't transmute the friction on your own, create safe containers with others who are equally yoked and keep it there. Stay aware, keep vigilant, but be responsible. Now is time to flood feeds with hope and we're needed. See it, don't feed it. Up your practice. Okay, Tonya, point taken. We can do better. But what about us? This year has been intense and we're not really sure what to make of it. Sometimes we have trouble resourcing ourselves. How are we supposed to help others? We get it. We do. This work is something else and there are machinations happening in subtle spaces that disrupt even the most woo of woo-woos. But the mission must continue. So how do we remain stable within it? Well, let's think back to how we got here. Here's a quote. Dr. Strange, how do I get from here to there? the ancient one. How did you get to reattach severed nerves and put a human spine back together bone by bone? Dr. Strange, study and practice, years of it. We all have toolkits and suitcases full of tips, tricks, processes, methodologies, and techniques. Dust those off. This is new space we're dealing with, so let's be trainable again. We're attuning subtle layers within ourselves, others, and the collective. Going back to the basics is the only way we can build solidly here. So lean into those practices you teach to others. But Tonya, I'm a master of these techniques. I built a business teaching people how to use them. Don't you have something more to offer? I'm above elementary work. Well, is everything working now? Can you honestly say that you're maintaining your highest embodied frequency regardless of circumstances currently? If so, then proceed to the next portion on leadership. But if not, leave your ego at the door and become trainable. Wax on, wax off. Chop wood, carry water. While the guidance includes foundational measures, they are anything but elementary. Elementary is telling a child not to say hurtful things. Foundational is attuning them to the vibration of those words so they can gauge for themselves the taint they either accumulate or walk through unscathed. Stings, doesn't it? We all bought into this journey through evolved consciousness and thought we'd come out the other side in the middle of a brave new world. 
But after hundreds of interviews with leaders and influencers in the personal development and spiritual growth arenas, we can safely say that nine out of 10 report the same thing. This is different. Even the most successful in those spaces feel like fish out of water right now. Folks, this is the way. Did we honestly think we would be able to awaken the masses and visualize this utopian existence and instantly feel at home? Yes, it resonates. Yes, we know it is truth. And yes, it's the most natural state of our existence, but it isn't normalized yet. We are, we are the path forgers and the way showers. We said yes, so we could inform the creation. Read the fine print. Our commitment isn't contingent on insta-paradise and smooth sailing. It rests solely on faith and our willingness to step when we can't see the foundation beneath our feet. We are building as we walk, shine brighter and light the way. But in order to do that, we must be able to withstand everything not yet reimagined through love. If you meditate, meditate more. If you pray, pray more. If you commune in nature, commune more. If you read the Bible, read more. However you get there, get there. If that means seriously reducing your exposure to others, then that's what you do until you're safe for public consumption again. As we addressed earlier, we are very powerful people and we have a responsibility to honor that power. Don't make us use the Spider-Man quote. Now is time to stay connected and we're needed. Up your practice. Stay calm. No, seriously, stay calm. All the way calm. You know the drill. Resist fight or flight. Every cell must relax. This is why we up our practice to ensure we can remain calm. No matter what. We get it. Some people kind of suck right now and circumstances may not be ideal. We're not suggesting that you paste a grin on your face and smile pretty for the camera. We're suggesting that we all hold to the central tenet that as beings in our highest aspect, we are safe, we are held, and we are loved always. From that space, we can face anything that appears in front of us and guide others through with grace. We don't have to love it. We just can't allow it to make us fear it. But Tonya, I don't experience fear anymore. I just get frustrated when people do stupid things. Fear it is. You can color it as frustration, irritation, anger, sadness, anxiety, depression, excitement, etc. But those are just the many faces of fear. Once constriction takes hold, or even the smallest pa- of even the smallest patch of landscape in our bodies, we tap into lower frequencies containing all kinds of data points we latch onto to feed and expand our rapidly growing fear. And all of this happens beneath our consciousness without our awareness on purpose. As we develop more and mature in our vernacular, we like to think that we transmuted fear and are no longer susceptible to the fear frequency, but our energy signatures say differently. Start with relaxing your body at all times, in all circumstances, with everyone. Then you'll see the threads beneath. Upping our practice and religiously pursuing states of total calm will assist as we get called to environments that challenge our resolve. Now is time to emanate peace and we're needed. Stay calm. Stop playing with your demons. This one is tough, so we'll just hit it head on. As uncomfortable as facing our demons once was, after learning how to talk with them, feed them, love them, some of us chose to stay and play with them long after as necessary. You know who you are, and it's time to let them go. It will be okay. There are other playmates along the path, and they don't force you to pretend to be smaller than you are. What are you talking about? Do you mean actual demons as in exorcisms or our shadow aspects as in young or a light allegorical reference to minor idiosyncrasies that tend to pop up from time to time? Is there a difference? Whatever you want to call it and however you feel called to transmute it is between you and God. Essentially, we all have scars from less than ideal situations we experienced our crosses to bear. 
Yes, it's important that become aware that we become aware and allow spirit to lift those circumstances to a level of comprehension above the material, emotional, and psychological. But once we see them and can speak of them, it's time to integrate what's needed and move on. The trap tempts even the most staunchly committed amongst us, but resist temptation we must. Playing too long with our demons is akin to camping out at the summit of our own developmental pyramid and expecting the world to, ch- to magically change around you. Spoiler alert, you will have to walk back down off the mountain. You will have to fully commit to your mission and you will have to persevere to work others to walk with to work with others toward its end. This is the way. Tonya, it kind of sounds like you're advocating for spiritual bypassing. If the story keeps coming up, don't I have to keep dealing with it? The thing about demons is they're always there. We can go visit them whenever we want, but to move in permanently eventually starts to reek of procrastination. The corollary is true also. Just because we still see them doesn't mean we must remain with them. The story will always be there. The scars will always be there. The identity will always be there. Leave it there. If you can walk away from it after consciously becoming aware of it and the ripples created from it, then walk away. Trust that any residual will make itself known later, if necessary, and part of the process is having the courage to set down the identity of being the wound, resist trying to become who you were before the wound, and instead emerge in wholeness as something totally new. The culmination of the initial wound experience, the consequences from the experience, and the healing of the experience create our wholeness. The ancient one, we never lose our demons, we only learn to live above them. Now is time to model higher living and we're needed. Stop playing with your demons. Use superpowers for good. As we close up this portion of the inarguable solution for global recovery, let's bring forward the call to assemble. As each of us masters our personal power and summits our developmental mountains, we become increasingly aware that there's much, much more to the story. And the vision forward can feel daunting without the appropriate perspective. The work you see ahead is yours to do. However, you won't be doing it alone and you won't be doing it as you were. These are two extremely crucial points to keep fresh in your mind. Collaboration isn't just a nice idea, it's required. We're not just talking about playing nice on the playground or cooperating when you don't really want to. We're talking about individuals possessing a high degree of advanced actualization coming together to create sustainable and scalable solutions. Anything less than that is just cooperation, equally crucial, but manageable by regulation, culture, parenting, etc. Collaboration is completely voluntary and innately requires prerequisites. The second point is you are no longer you as you knew you. As this culminates for you, the awareness of what comes next necessitates a fairly extreme evolution. As we mentioned, we all have superpowers. Whether your thing is teaching, healing, moving energy, minding minds, baptizing new believers, guiding souls, visioning forward, bending time, channeling, translating, or transcribing for spirit, the gifts continue to emerge and we're only going to see more. Resistance isn't just futile, it becomes painful. At higher and higher frequencies, everything speeds up, including friction if you're discordant. It's no bueno. A far better technique is to relax into the transformational process and allow yourself to emerge reimagined through truth, love, and light. As you vision forward, remember that those futures rest upon us as our highest aspects, not as we've known ourselves thus far. You were designed for this, and you're ready. Now is time for agents of change to assemble, and we're ready. Now is time for agents of change to assemble, and we're needed. Use your superpowers for good. 
And that culminates the second portion of the talk on the inarguable solution for global recovery. Thank you for joining us. Remember, until next time, go out, uncover your superpowers, and change the world. If you want to read the articles, go to superpowerexperts.com and find the articles tab there. We love you. Take care of yourselves. And take care of each other. Goodbye for now. Are you ready to discover your superpowers? Go now to superpowerexperts.com and take the superpower quiz today.